0: This is The Blueprint, brought to you by Executive Platforms. Hello again, everyone. You're listening to another episode of Executive Platforms Blueprint podcast series. Um, My guest today is Emily Wilson of Qualtrics, and I'm so looking forward to this conversation. Emily, thank you so much for being here today. Thanks, Jeff, for having me. I'm thrilled. I know Qualtrics recently fielded a global study to uncover trends in employee experience. Can you tell us what you found out?
1: Yeah, we recently fielded a study of around 14,000 people trying to uncover what are some employee experience trends happening around the world. The first trend we uncovered is that leaders intent to stay has dropped. And with women leaders, it's even more than men. And we see that this is happening because, you know, leaders and women leaders are expected to not only take on leading a team, but also helping to manage their team's, you know, burnout and well-being and stress and sometimes DEIB initiatives and in addition to their workload. And so organizations are really struggling because they're having these wonderful leaders who are becoming part of the Great Resignation What we're finding is that organizations can really address this by doing a couple of things. First of all, they sort of need to figure out what's the energy and the productivity that you're asking of your leaders and try to manage that to make it so that it's something more manageable for them. The second thing is just to listen. Listen to your leaders. Find out what is causing the burnout, what is causing them to want to leave, And the third is to take a look at the support and the training that you're providing. You need to have just-in-time support and you need to have support that's helping them to manage all of the things that are on their plate right now.
0: Now, I appreciate this was a a very extensive survey and that's certainly an important trend. I'm betting there were a couple more. Uh, Could could you uh, expand upon that?
1: The second takeaway is really moving into this world of flexible and hybrid work. Obviously, not surprisingly, that is a top concern for a lot of employees around the world. And it's not something that every single industry or geography can can handle. If you have a manufacturing line, people can't work from home, we get that. But in cases where you are able to test that out, it's critical to listen to employees and understand their expectations and understand what fits best in their lives and try to be flexible. And it's really critical for HR and IT to partner together because technology has such a huge effect on employee experience. Think about trying to collaborate across time zones and across locations and from people's homes and and think about the importance of technology in the overall experience. So that's super critical. Um, We're also seeing that people really want transparency. They want to understand what their company has planned. And what's really, really important is that People try new things and don't be afraid to fail. And don't be afraid to admit that you failed. We actually had this at Qualtrics. We were meant to go back to the office on a certain date and then things changed in the world. And they said, hey, you know what? We got it wrong. We had this date. We were working towards that. And now we're pivoting. And I know that from talking to my team, everyone appreciated the candor. And they appreciated that the leadership didn't just dig in their heels and say like, we said it and so it's happening, right? So that's key. Just HR and IT need to really focus on how to make sure that people are able to be productive and collaborative, no matter what situation they're in.
0: So a lot of turnover at the top. Um, Flexibility is something people want. Yo, Is there a, a
1: third big takeaway we should be looking at? Oh, definitely. So the third, and I'm sure again, These will resonate with everyone from every organization. The third is DEIB, and definitely with an emphasis on the B, the belonging. The feeling of belonging um, and inclusivity in an organization is really, really critical. And there's still a gap. We found that a lot of leaders said, oh, we're doing well, we have DEIB initiatives. But many of those employees in the same organizations said, "Mm, I don't think we're actually doing it um, that well. What's important is to listen to your people. Make sure you understand the levels of belonging and inclusion that people feel and take action to close those gaps when you do uncover that there is um, a gap in DEIB. It's also key to, you know, set clear goals and hold people accountable. And um, one speaker earlier today was talking about how you cannot rely on um, underrepresented minorities to carry the whole load, right? It's critical that you have leadership buy-in and that your leaders truly, truly have a vision of an inclusive and diverse workplace and, you know, value diverse opinions and value diverse, um, you know, sets of, of, of people within meetings and, and have them in the room, right? And then the third thing is to really make sure that people are accountable. So don't just say like, Okay, we're gonna do this, or don't just set one goal and then never revisit. It's it's critical that you keep your finger on the pulse of DEIB at your organization.
0: All right, so we've got turnover within leadership, we've got flexibility, we've got, you know, DEIB can't just be a thing people talk about, it actually needs to deliver. I appreciate we could probably talk about this study all day, but I, I bet you there's a fourth one that we want to talk about.
1: There is a fourth one, and that is well-being. Well-being rose to the top of importance in our study. So if you think about employee well-being, um, we found that a third of people would not take a sick day, even if they were sick. And mostly that has to do with the immense workload. If you take two sick days, then suddenly the other three days of the week are like five days packed into three, right? It's very stressful. And in fact, I just dealt with this this morning. Someone on my team was slacking me like, I feel really sick for this afternoon's call. I think I'll be off camera because I have to lie down. And I said, please don't join. That does not help you get better to be laying down sick, dialing in to a call. That's just, I I never want to do that. And so that's where, you know, what people can do, and especially leaders, is to model the right behavior. You should not be saying, take a sick day uh, uh," and, and you're working while sick, right? You need to say, we you know want you to get better we want you to take the time we want you to recharge and that goes down to do is there an expectation that people work on the weekend are you getting emails from your leaders every single sunday i know that if i ever work on a weekend i delay send the email to go on monday morning because i don't want someone on my team looking at their phone and seeing oh, emily sent me an email and it's sunday afternoon um because it's just not something that i want to you know expect from my team so Leaders really need to model the right behavior to make sure that their employees feel like they have the permission to care about their own um, well-being. And, you know, also, I think it's really key to sort of make it very clear what your expectations are. I've told my team, I don't care when you do your work. If Wednesday is the only nice day this week and you want to go on a hike at noon, please do. I know that I trust you that you'll do the work. You might do it on Thursday night. You might start really early on Friday. That's okay. I am... I think, you know, again, it's going to depend on your industry and geography, but I think that just showing that you trust and have empathy for your team and you care about their well-being and you want them to take the time to recharge is something that all leaders need to really prioritize.
0: Yeah, I think all four of those are amazing trends. And I really appreciate the way you unpacked it. It's not just that there is a challenge, but there's also an opportunity for people to do better. And I love that you're illustrating it with examples from your own work life. Um, We do have a lot of ground to cover. And I I have some things that I'm really interested in getting your insight on. Uh, One of them I'd love, um, could you talk to me about some of the challenges that organizations face uh, as they try to make correlations when they get experience data from their workforce?
1: Yeah, absolutely. We're seeing so much interest from our customers right now. They're saying, we want to understand for example we're doing an engagement study and we understand year over year quarter over quarter how people feel about their trust in leadership and if they feel safe reporting a safety issue and you know how they feel we're doing you know um, with inclusion at our company but they're also collecting experience data in the moment in different moments of the employee life cycle for example you know, 30 days and 60 days post-onboarding. And they want to be able to tie those together. And it's so fascinating. When you're able to start to make those correlations, you can actually find out things like, you know, if someone in a quick service restaurant, if they, if their manager reaches out to them in the first week via text rather than email, because, again, this person is not at a computer, um, they feel much more engaged, much more welcome. And then you can correlate that that after you find that out at the 30 days and the 60 days, those people have a higher intent to stay because of that onboarding experience and what the manager did. So then you're actually able to influence the outcomes with your employees. You can actually say... Wow, if we want to retain more employees, we want to make sure that they have an amazing first week experience. It's something we put into practice at Qualtrics, actually. Everyone who joins Qualtrics goes through a week-long onboarding. And on day one, after the first like three-hour session, you get on a you know video call with your manager, who just says, "Hey, welcome! So thrilled to have you here. You know, we've already reached out you know via email, and of course, welcome them." But it's just nice they have that first day sort of personal touch. This person cares about me. This person knows I'm here. And then we say we're going to leave you alone, go do all your training, because <laughs> in in a week you're going to you know get to work. But um, it's those little things when you can correlate you know, engagement and intent to stay with some of those actually in the moment experiences that they're having at your organization, you can actually influence business outcomes. It's fascinating.
0: You know, you mentioned it uh, a little bit earlier in the interview, how HR and IT need to work together. I have a lot of conversations with a lot of expert people about how technology is changing the way work is done. You know, I've been hearing more and more the impact of technology on the overall employee experience. You know, could you talk a little bit about that?
1: Absolutely. Um, I did mention that was one of our trends, the importance of technology on the employee experience. This is so critical. In our study, the study I referenced earlier, we found that employees who are happy with their technology in their workplace have a 91% engagement rate. If you are unhappy, you have a 24% engagement rate. We almost never see a swing that wide. Normally, you know, if you see 10 points of difference the IO psychologists get kind of excited like this is some meaty data we're talking 91% down to the 20s and i think it's all very relatable think about if you have technology that it doesn't help you be productive it doesn't help you collaborate think about when you want to throw your computer out the window think about when you know if you have to open a PO it takes you know an 87 step process in some system that doesn't have single sign on i mean those seem basic but it's like all of that is just hampering your ability to be productive all day. And your company is expecting you to be productive. And so when they're not giving you the technology to actually be productive, it, it just feels more frustrating than you know, anyone can, can relay
0: we are talking a lot about employee engagement, and of course, one of the key ways people do that is you know, they reach out, they do surveys. What would you say to an organization that is already doing a quarterly pulse and maybe an onboarding survey, but they want to expand to DEI or determine how people feel about hybrid work? You know, is there too many touch points to be asking employees for feedback?
1: That's a great question. So we do sometimes hear of this phrase, survey fatigue. There's actually not survey fatigue, there's inaction fatigue. Don't ask me about my experience and then not make any changes. It's kind of like if you fly on a plane and they say, "How was it?" You say, "Awful. They didn't have a drink service. The flight attendants were rude, um, and we left late and arrived late." And then you never hear back. Nothing ever changes, right? It's the same as an employee. If they're, if if your um, organization is asking you for feedback. It's incumbent on the organization to look at that feedback and say, wow, we have a problem. We have an experience gap here. We need to do something. And not only do we need to do something, we need to own up to, we heard there was a gap, and then we need to say, and here's what we're doing to fix that. I will provide feedback every day of the week if I know that it will be acted on. But I'm not going to provide feedback every day of the week um, if I know that nothing is going to change. So again, this is really incumbent on the organization to take the feedback and take action. That's critical.
0: This has already been a fantastic conversation about employee engagement and, and how technology is helping companies do better by their workforce, by their people, by their talent. Um, I appreciate, you know, your organization is an expert in the space and you have a lot of clients who you're helping. Could you give us a sense what makes your organization different when, when, when people are trying to
1: improve their performance in this space? What are you guys all about? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, Qualtrics is a really holistic set of solutions. We sort of, um, we play in four different areas of employee experience. You have sort of the organizational experience. That's like things like measuring DEIB, understanding where there are gaps. There's also the individual space. So doing things like 360 development um you know, studies to understand your strengths, your areas of opportunity. Then we also have the transition experience. If you think about things that are stressful, there are things like being a candidate and getting through that, onboarding, um, mergers and acquisitions, and understanding what what employees are experiencing during transition experiences. And the fourth is the workplace experience. So that is doing things like employee technology satisfaction studies, um, you know, trying to figure out people's hybrid and remote work experiences. And honestly, recently, we have just seen an influx of people who are extremely interested in our vaccination and testing manager solution. As um, organizations, not just in the U.S. with OSHA guidelines, but worldwide, as they're navigating how to bring people back safely, how to ensure employee well-being, um, you know, they all need a solution that helps them to you know, collect vaccination attestation cards and collect testing results and automate some of the activities such as sending a weekly reminder to do the test. And so, you know, we're, we're seeing, you know, customers all over the world come to us with all of their challenges. And because we have this very holistic set of solutions, um, we're able to really help them achieve their people goals. If you think about, you know, a main topic um, in, 2021 going into 2022 is really the great resignation. Um, You know, our goal is to really help organizations with the great attraction. You may be losing people, but maybe this is the opportunity to really gain a lot of people. And you can do that by pinpointing and fixing broken employee experiences.
0: And I think that's such a uh, powerful point to make. I know there are a lot of people who are trying desperately to like, hold on to their people because they've just gone through 18 months of uh, calamity and they're in crisis management mode. But there's also this opportunity. The top talent of all your competitors are also looking around. And if you are an attractive place to work, my goodness. As I'm listening to you know, the lists of things that you guys are great at, none of it sounds turnkey. None of it sounds like someone buys it and plugs it into their system. It sounds like there's actually a working relationship where, you know, you almost partner with these organizations and give them more capabilities on an ongoing basis. Can you speak to what the working relationship actually looks like?
1: Yeah, absolutely. We do actually have um, turnkey solutions. I mean, not like, you know, you you buy today and get started tomorrow. We also have... Um, You know, an extensive services organization as well as many, many, many global partners who can help understand the goals that um, organizations are trying to achieve and help them to do that. But what we do, we actually, um, because of our technology being a, a cloud technology, we're able to push new features and capabilities on an almost continual basis. We also have an incredible team of, um, XM scientists. These are people who have you know, PhDs in organizational psychology, and they are thinking about, we don't just say like, hey, you want to understand the candidate experience? Here's some technology. Good luck. We say, here are the questions you might want to be asking in your site intercept on your career site builder. Here's what you may want to reach out and find out from the candidate after they've done the screening call or after they've gone through an interview loop with five people. We actually have expert scientists who are crafting the material, whether it's the survey questions or how the dashboard should be configured, Um, even sometimes communication templates, like before you go out and ask for um, experience data from your employees, here's how you might want to tee it up with them and, and let them know. So we really do try to hold the hand of our customers from start to finish and make it so it's not such a scary proposition to do something new or do something different. So,
0: Clean audio for the podcast. You know, as long as we're walking through all the stuff that your organization does well, I remember up at the very top of this interview, the top trend was that there's turnover in the leadership space, in the management space. And uh, I do think some of what we've been talking about has been more organizational than maybe management or leadership focused. Is there something you and your team are doing uh, for managers?
1: Yeah, that's such a good point. So everyone knows the role of a manager is so critical. A manager can, you know, there is a phrase, people don't quit jobs, they quit managers, right? Your manager is critical to your daily work. How often do they check in with you? Do they micromanage you? Do they ignore you? I have a friend who said, my manager has canceled our last 10 one-on-ones. I haven't talked to him in two months. And I just thought, it's terrible leadership. So the manager has a huge impact, but also managers want the ability we're finding to actually solicit feedback anonymously from their team. I can ask my team on a team meeting, like, hey, guys, like, is this going well? Or is that not? And they might not have that psychological safety to be like, this is a huge cluster, right? They just might not feel comfortable saying that I hope that they do. But what if I was able to do my own manager led survey, and I was able to go out and ask very pointed questions, it might be to an entire department after a reorg, I could say, you know, looking for feedback on the reorg and get candid feedback because we have anonymity thresholds, right? You can get really candid feedback where people feel safe providing, you know, difficult feedback. And then as a manager, you know, the the feedback is not centralized within HR. Um, It's actually centralized in an anonymous way to myself. So I'm able to say, wow, across the entire product marketing organization, you know, I have something I really need to address in this you know, specific area. And so in 2022, that's a big focus for us is, you know, empowering managers to be able to solicit feedback and run studies with with their teams and departments.
0: I think just about anybody who's been listening to this who works in the HR space, you have to be ticking some of their boxes. What is the best way for them to get in touch and, and talk about, you know, what's going on with them and, and maybe how they can work with you to work through some of those issues?
1: That's a great question. Um, I would say, you know, go to our website, go to Qualtrics.com. From there, you can click on request a demo. You can um, also download the um, EX trends report that I referenced earlier. Um, so you can download a wealth of information. And when you request a demo, you you fill out a form and we'll contact you if you don't already have an account executive that you work with. Um, we work with uh, near 15,000 brands worldwide. And so the likelihood of someone listening who who knows of us or works with us is high. And uh, yeah, we're just, we're thrilled. We, we love being in this space. Um, I personally get a lot of enjoyment out of helping organizations figure out and close those gaps. As an employee myself, it's really relatable. I feel like it would be a little tougher for me if I was you know, working for a company that managed like payroll software, just because I, I'm not someone who processes payroll, so it would be a little bit harder for me to relate. But we can all relate to being an employee. We can all relate to having amazing experiences as well as detrimental experiences. And so the idea that we can help organizations understand the experience and fix the broken experience is just, it's really empowering.
0: You know, Emily, I I do a lot of these conversations and I have to say in terms of like, you know, advancing your thought leadership within the context of your working life. I just think that's a, a great way to approach it. And I think you're exactly right that how wonderful is it to work for a company that like, works on improving the employee experience you yourself are an employee you yourself are a manager so to help other people with these tools and see the pluses and minuses anyway i i've been delighted with this conversation thank you so much for your time today emily
1: jeff thanks so much for spending the time with me i really appreciate it i know that you know at these events you are just running from morning until night i know how much your feet hurt when you go to bed and i appreciate you spending the time
0: you've been listening to another episode of executive platforms blueprint podcast series i've been jeff mix let's do it again soon